I'm pretty confident that I will be the very first one to say to you today, Happy Thanksgiving! Now, your reaction might be, oh boy, problem, problem with pastor. <laughs> I know it's not the end of November, but I still think it's Thanksgiving Day. Isn't it true that we have something to be thankful for every day? So Thanksgiving, then, is not just a one-holiday event during the year. It really is a way of life for us. The past few weeks, we have been looking at different aspects of our walk with Jesus. We've learned how we can come to him and simply ask him for blessings. We've learned how it is we can trust in him when we are going through the storms of life. And we have seen that we can simply hand off our problems to him and he will solve them. So doesn't it seem appropriate then that today we would recognize that we should also give thanks to him when we have received those blessings. So while you maybe will say, but it's not Thanksgiving, I'm going to say to you, it is Thanksgiving Day, today and every day. So on our walk with Jesus, let's take one more walk with him and his disciples and hear what happened one day when he met ten men who were afflicted with leprosy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. And they cried out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now this particular section of scripture is one that is suggested to pastors to use on Thanksgiving Day. It makes sense. It sounds appropriate. But what took place did not happen on Thanksgiving Day. This was just Another day in the life of ten lepers. So as we look at this account, let's make some Thanksgiving observations. These men were afflicted with a skin disease called leprosy. Because of the fear of that disease and, and being contaminated by it, the laws required them to stay away from other people. They had to live off, live apart from others in their own colony. They couldn't get close to people. But as you saw in this account, they had to simply stay away and shout out to people if they wanted something. 
So you can imagine what life would be like for them, not only suffering physically, but also suffering with that social stigma and then the emotional pains of being separated from people. Now, while their experience may seem to be a little extreme from what you and I experience, I think we can also see some points of commonality, and that is simply this. Everybody has needs of some type. Whether you take it from the basic needs of food and clothing and shelter, health, the ability to work and provide for yourself, love and acceptance from others, any of those things on the list, we have those as needs. But sometimes we have even greater needs. Sometimes things come along that other people don't experience, maybe certain health problems or the loss of a job. Not everybody loses their job. Or maybe we experience some needs that are kind of tragic or big, things that we weren't expecting to happen. Needs are common to everybody because we all live in a world that's imperfect. That wasn't the way God designed it. He designed a perfect world where all the needs were met all the time. But because of our sin, we ruined the perfect world. And God instead allowed troubles and suffering and hardship and sorrows come into our life. So everybody has a need, great or small, a common everyday need, or something that just happens out of the blue, out of the ordinary. Now, what do people do with that? Unfortunately, very few people seek relief for their needs from Jesus. There might be any number of reasons why. Obviously, there are some people who just don't believe in God. But there may be people who do believe in God, but they don't seek relief from him because maybe they think God doesn't care. God isn't going to do anything about it because if he would, he would have stopped it in the first place. Or maybe they think, you know, if I just go to God, he's going to end up making me deal with it anyway. You know, go to the doctor or go to this person or, or get this new skill for a job or whatever it might be. So I'm going to have to deal with it no matter what. So people don't seek relief from God, nor do they recognize blessings coming from him. So Thanksgiving Day, for a lot of people, is purely a holiday, <laughs> a day off, a day to have a big fancy meal, a day to gather with family and friends, a day to watch football, whatever. They don't see it as a day, really, to give thanks. Now you might be saying to me, Pastor, isn't this a message that's more appropriate for Thanksgiving Day? And I'd say it's appropriate for every day, because every day... We have needs. And we can also be reminded of this from the account. We receive from God what we need. But few people believe that it comes from Jesus. You see, the scriptures clearly state, Lord, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. God takes care of everybody and meets all of our needs. 
He tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 that he sustains the whole operation of the universe simply by the speaking of his word. God himself tells us that he brings sunshine and rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. Everybody is blessed by God. But not everybody will accept that. Not everybody will recognize their blessings as coming from God. And of course, if there are ever shortages or problems, then they tend to criticize that there is a God. But why are there those shortages and problems then, if God does meet everyone's need? Well, again, we can go back to the fact that the world isn't perfect. And sin has sometimes deprived people of what their needs are. God has supplied the need, but we human beings, for a number of reasons, haven't been able to share those needs or supplies with others who are in need. Maybe because we don't want to, we want to keep it for ourselves, or maybe we just haven't figured out how we can get it from here to over there. You just look at America and how blessed in abundance we are with things. And then hear how people in other parts of the world suffer. Why do we have abundance and they have need? Maybe we don't want to share. Maybe we just haven't figured out how we can get it there. Or maybe it comes down to what James simply said in his letter. You have not because you ask not. Now you and I know God meets our needs. He takes care of us. We've experienced that. And so we just need to follow the advice of James. When you have a need, ask, and God will give you what you need. That's exactly what these men were doing in our account today. They knew that nobody else could help them, nobody else could cure them of their leprosy, save God alone. And here was Jesus, the one who showed himself to be God in word and with his miraculous works. And so from a distance, because they knew they weren't allowed to, they knew they weren't deserving to come closer to Jesus, yet they cried out to him, Lord, have pity on us. Because they asked, God gave them what they needed. Jesus healed them in his mercy. Not because they deserved it, but because he loves and wants to help meet our needs. But look at what else happened. Of those who seek and receive those blessings from Jesus, only a few say thanks. As the account would go on, only one of the ten would come back to say thanks to Jesus. And Jesus points that out. Now why is that? Were those other nine really not thankful that they were miraculously healed? Oh, I'm sure that they were thankful. But, just like little kids and adults, as soon as we get what we want, we forget where it came from. We're so happy with what we've received. And then maybe even move on to the next thing on the list, like I do. Oh, God's in a giving mood, so let's go down the list and keep asking. That we forget to stop and say, 
thanks. Do any of these things sound like they describe you? Probably, because that's just our human nature. But here's the good news. Jesus has come to change us. To change us from being thankless to being thankful. And here's how he did it. When Jesus lived on this earth, he said thank you to God for the blessings that he received. His thankfulness will replace our thanklessness by our faith in him. And then he did something else. Because of our ingratitude, our thoughtlessness when we've received blessings, or maybe even complaints like, is that all there is? I need more than that. Or maybe a statement like, I deserve this. I worked hard. I earned this. Well, for all of those things, when we have been in, showing ingratitude toward God or thanklessness, Jesus paid the price, the punishment for it. Our thanklessness was put on him, and God punished him for it instead of us. And when he rose from the dead, he made the change in us that can now seize us as thankful people. So you see, Thanksgiving then isn't just a one-day holiday. It's an everyday thing. It's a way of living. But we might wonder how we can do that. When we have a sin nature that doesn't want to do it, when we live lives that aren't used to doing it, and we live in a world that certainly doesn't want to acknowledge thankfulness to God, how can we overcome that? Jesus gave us the solution. When he said to that leper who did return, your faith has made you well. Simply let your faith live and be vibrant. Let it thrive. And by that faith I mean your belief that God does supply your need. Your trust that he will take care of you and that he has. He has given you faith. He has given you forgiveness. He has given you life forever. And between now and then, he promises to give you every spiritual and physical blessing you need. And so it is from that faith that we can live lives of thankfulness. So while you may say, it's not Thanksgiving Day, I say it is time for Thanksgiving. So let's take a look at some portions of Scripture that will help us celebrate Thanksgiving. All we simply need to do is recognize the blessings, or to put it in a way we like to say, count your blessings. Let's just start with something that we pray for often in the Lord's Prayer, daily bread. Just take a look at how God supplies us with those basic needs of air and water, food and clothing, shelter, good weather, government, neighbors, all sorts of things. God supplies our daily needs. 
Maybe because some of these needs come to us naturally and so regularly, or by human means, we forget that they really come from the goodness of our Father above, and therefore we forget to think about them. But if you would just take one minute out of your day and reflect on the blessings he has given to you, you would have a lot to say in thankfulness. Now sometimes we might think, you know, we don't have enough. Let's look at an account in which Jesus was faced with that situation and see what he did. During those days, another large crowd gathered, and since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. You see God's concern, right? I mean, Jesus could have said, whew, three days, I'm tired of teaching, I need a break. But he was concerned about his audience and their need. So his disciples answered, but where in this remote place can we get anyone enough bread to feed them? And Jesus doesn't think, hmm, let's check out where the stores are or where we can go. Rather, he points them to what they have. How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. And they answered, seven. And Jesus told the crowd to sit down on the ground when he had taken the seven loaves and had given thanks for them. He broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. And they had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 people were present. So what does that teach us? To be thankful for even the little things that we get. Even when we think we don't have enough, be thankful because in God's hands, even a little is a lot. God has compassion for us. He wants to meet our needs, and he will. Be thankful even when you just have a little. Of course, another time for us to give thanks is when we've experienced some healing or have had some resolution to any problem or trouble we've experienced. I want you to listen to the words of King Hezekiah from the Old Testament as he reflects back on a serious illness we had and how he thanks God for the healing he received. But I want to give you a spoiler alert. Listen for something else that he gives thanks for, besides the healing. A writing of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. I said, in the prime of my life, must I go through the gates of death and be robbed of the rest of my years? I said, 
I will not again see the Lord himself in the land of the living. No longer will I look on my fellow man or be with those who now dwell in this world. Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life, and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night you made an end of me. I waited patiently till dawn, but like a lion he broke all my bones. Day and night you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a mourning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am being threatened. Lord, come to my aid. But what can I say? He has spoken to me. And he himself has done this. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. Lord, by such things people live. And my spirit finds life in them too. You restored me to health and let me live. All right, so there's his thanksgiving for healing. Here's the spoiler alert. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction from hell. You have put all my sins behind your back. You see what he was doing? Not only was he thanking God for the healing that he received, not only should we thank God when troubles have been resolved, but let's also look back and thank God for the lessons that we have learned from our troubles. One, that we have a compassionate God who cares, and we can go to him anytime. Two, that he will hear and answer our prayers. Three, that maybe he's trying to humble us and draw us closer to himself so that we don't become so self-reliant and don't think, I don't need God in my life. I've got it all taken care of. And four, that I can come to him and he will bless me Because all of those things that separated me from him, my sins, he's thrown behind his back because he put them on Jesus and they're away from me. I don't know if you noticed it when you came into the entryway this morning, but there was a little Thanksgiving table display there. And on one of the plates, there was a nice spread of of some meat and vegetables and and on another plate, I, I don't know, maybe was it spinach, Diane? <laughs> Something, you know, that you probably, uh, you know. But it reminds us we need to be thankful for even some of those ears that we get in life, you know, the, the sicknesses and uh, the troubles, because God intends to bless us through those as well. But there was also an empty plate on the table. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to look around and give thanks for the things that God has put around us or in our hands. The empty plate didn't mean something is missing. It just means you need to look a little farther, a little deeper. You need to look inside as well. So let's continue to make our count list of blessings And take a look at something that the Apostle Paul reflected on in his life and gave thanks to God for. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me 
trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though once I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. In all of Paul's letters, except one, he had words of thanksgiving to God. And most of the times he started out his letters with thanksgiving. That's how he started his prayers, thanking God for the blessings, the spiritual blessings, and also the blessings that he saw God had given to the people whom he ministered to. But first, take a look inside, and Paul continues then, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Take a look inside to see what you have to be thankful for. How about this personal, very personal blessing of mercy and grace? Remember, that's what those lepers cried out to God for. Mercy. Have pity on us. We don't deserve it. We can't even come close to you, God, because of our leprosy. We can't come close to God either because of the leprosy of sin. But because of God's great mercy, he comes to us. He addresses us and tells us, go, count your blessings. And it starts with that mercy that he has shown to all of us. That we too, like Paul, could say, I'm the worst of sinners. Take a look at your life, examine yourself spiritually, and see how far you have fallen from God in your thoughts, in your words, with your actions, with your desires. And yet, in God's mercy, he reaches out to you and pulls you back. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Because of the grace, the undeserved love that he has shown you to take all your sins, like King Hezekiah said, and he throws them behind his back so he doesn't see them ever again. That's mercy and grace. And we live with those twin blessings every day. They are the cause, the reason for all of the other blessings God gives us. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 says, he praised God because he has given us Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. We're not deprived in any way. Out of the riches of God's grace, he blesses us. God is not a cheapskate. When we ask for a blessing, he doesn't reach into his pocket and say, well, what do I have for loose change that I can give you? No, he looks at the storehouse full of richness and grace, and accordingly, he blesses us. Look how God has shown you mercy and grace. That he has called you 
be his child, made you his family, gathered you together into this congregation of believers. But Paul gives thanks for one more thing, the opportunity to serve. Paul marveled how God could take him, the worst of sinners, and use him as an instrument of righteousness. And so God looks at all of us and calls us into his service. What a privilege that you and I can serve the almighty, gracious, and good God. That he calls us to share and to serve his grace in Christ to others. How do we respond? Is there a thankful spirit there? When we hear that there's opportunities or there's needs for things to be done, do we try to avoid that list? Do we complain and say, oh, not again, I thought we did that before. Me again, why me? Can't somebody else ever do it? Is that a thankful response for the mercy and the grace, for the privilege of serving this God? When it comes time for counting the blessings, don't just look around. Don't just look at what you have in your hand. Look deeper and see the mercy and grace God has given you in Christ and how he honors you by calling you to serve him. That's counting the blessings and saying thanks. We've become so accustomed to what Thanksgiving Day is that maybe we forgot some of the basics of what it means to give thanks. Hezekiah reminded us at the end of his prayer, For the grave cannot praise you, death cannot sing your praise, those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness, the living the living, they praise you as I am doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. You know, if we simply remember what that one leper did, we'll know what to do say thanks. Just go back to the blesser and tell him thank you. Like Hezekiah with prayer, like the leper with praise, and like perhaps all of them with some proclamation. We've become so accustomed to celebrating Thanksgiving in certain ways that maybe we've pushed God to the side. Now is it possible to be thankful without giving thanks. Those other nine apparently did. I assume they were thankful for that change of life. But as far as we know, they never came back to say thanks. They just appreciated. They just liked what happened to them. But as Jesus points out, it's appropriate to return to the blesser and say thanks. Just go back to Jesus. Hezekiah did that with prayer. We can do that with praise, too. But with prayer, I'm going to give you some tips in a minute. There are some things that we can do that will remind us to give thanks first. With praise, simply coming to church and expressing 
through worship what the worth of God is to us. That's what worship really is. The expression of worth, value. At the end of the week, if you're on our email list here at church, you got a little email from the office that said 1.2%. Coming to church for an hour, including your drive time, that's only 1.2% of the 168 hours you have during the week. It's not very much, is it? Isn't God worth 1.2% of our time? He's certainly worth more of that. But there's an opportunity to praise God and say thank you for the blessings. Proclaim him. I don't think those lepers, any of them, kept it a secret that they were now cleansed, right? They had a new life. I'm sure they read and went around telling people, I'm clean, I'm clean. And they probably even said, Jesus did it. Maybe we can share with others the blessings we've had. Imagine what it would be like tomorrow. We're going back to, to work or to school, and somebody said, well, how was your weekend? And you say, oh, it was great. Well, what did you do? Oh, we had a day of Thanksgiving. Now, they're going to look at you kind of weird, but you could say, yeah. We reflected on the blessings God has given us, and we just gave him thanks. And just leave it there. And maybe the person will want to know a little more, or maybe not. But you've had the opportunity to share with others the fact that you have a good God who blesses you. Yeah, maybe sometimes we have gotten into too many other habits or practices in celebrating Thanksgiving. Let's make sure that we have this, though, at the very heart. Our faith. Trusting and loving our God above all things and letting that make us well as we give thanks to our God. So, as you can see from today's worship service, Thanksgiving is not just a holiday. It's an everyday. It's a way of living. Now, you might wonder how we can overcome all of that. We are creatures of habit. Well, sometimes we need little helps. We need little reminders of what to do. So, let me give you some Thanksgiving tips. In your prayer life, before you ask God for something, stop and count your blessings and then say thank you. First of all, it may, you may find your list got a little bit shorter, but you may also have more confidence when you pray, knowing that you have a God who does indeed bless you. Here's another Thanksgiving tip. Come to worship. That's what Sunday was set aside for. It is the Sabbath day. It is the day to rest, to stop and reflect, enjoy, and strengthen your relationship with God. But here's another little tip about coming to worship. Sometimes we come and we wonder, well, am I going to get anything out of it today? Will it be songs that I like? How about thinking thanks first? Thanking God for the blessings you have and then you'll find just how rich and rewarding worship will be to you as well. And then celebrate your blessings with others. As you share what God has given you, as you tell others what God has given you, make it evident that you have a good and gracious God. When we celebrate the holiday, we invite people to come. 
let's share with them the blessings God has given, even if we don't have a big meal prepared. So, okay, maybe Pastor Bork is a little crazy. Here it's February 24th, and he's thinking it's Thanksgiving Day. But I think you'll agree with me now. Every day is a day that we can say, Happy Thanksgiving. In fact, right now, let's give our thanksgiving to God. Please rise. And with this statement of faith and thanks, let's show our gratitude to God. We join together. God, thank you for who you are, all-powerful, majestic, beyond comprehension. God, thank you for the simple things in life. God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for new mercies every morning. God, thank you for being true to your word. God, thank you for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, thank you for your justice and mercy. God, thank you for the sacrifice of your own and only Son. God, thank you for being my King. God, thank you for the gift of forgiveness. God, thank you for adopting me into your family. God, thank you for being my peace in a world full of storms. God, thank you for tending to the garden of my soul. God, thank you for the quiet moments we spend together. God, thank you for your endless grace. God, thank you for loving me first. God, thank you for the joy I feel as I celebrate who you are in my life. You are my all in all.